buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. All right, welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. As always, I've got a fantastic guest for you today. I've got Tara Horsmeyer. Uh, she's the founder over at Happy Words. We connected a while back on LinkedIn um, and saw some content that she put out recently and knew that I needed to have her on the show. Tara, thanks so much for coming on. How are you? Ah, I'm doing awesome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I know we're going to have fun. So um, let's just kind of dig in in the beginning and where did it start for you? And then let's kind of walk through your experience in sales. Um, and I know you have a bit of an interesting story and experience um, and we're going to get into that. So let's, where did it all start for you? Yeah. So my career journey, it's so funny. People look at me and they're like, for sure, you're like seven or 12. Like, no way you've got literally almost two decades worth of experience, but I can prove it. You know, I've got the gray hairs. If you look a little closely, but my journey really started back, you know, way back when, but specifically when I was in college and knew, and I've always known, I love words. I love people. I love stories. I love writing all of that. I don't think anybody wakes up and says, Hey, I love sales. You know, that's what I want to do. But I except knew for, I loved except for me, it. except for me. Sorry well, to interrupt except, you, yeah. folks. There is, yeah, I, had, I had to say it. <laughs> that's true. There are people that would just wake up and know it. I don't think I put words around it, but I loved getting in conversations with people and moving them to where they needed to go. So at the mm. end of it all, probably, you know, sales. And that was something that came in later that I realized, oh gosh, I have actually a knack for this. And now I have a definition for it. So yeah. before then, I just thought I was like really great at writing and really great at speaking and communicating. And that uh, just really led me into my first career, which was in uh, journalism and uh, specifically in the newspaper side of things as on the editorial desk. Mm, what type of things would you write about? So I had the really awesome privilege of working in sports. So a lot of people don't know this about me, but my first passion, yes, was journalism. But a close second is uh, is sports. And so I worked mm -hmm. on the sports desk and worked with our reporters. Specifically, uh, people may not love this, but it was in Gainesville, Florida, my alma mater at the University of Florida. So everything that we covered really was all around Gator sports and football. And so imagine being a, you know, 22 two-year-old fresh out of college and even in college my last year working nights and weekends uh covering games covering sports and then helping the reporters do their thing so working on the newspaper after they would go so that was that was what i got to do and i actually got paid for it which is amazing oh my goodness it sounds like your dream job why would you mm -hmm. ever leave that because you get paid, but you don't get paid much. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. Okay. 
And it's mm. nights and weekends, if you caught that. So as, again, a 22, 23-year-old, it is tough saying, oh, guys, guess what? When do sports happen? They happen on Fridays and Saturdays and through the weeks. Mm. So they're all starting to go out and have fun. And my day would start at 4 p.m. and would end, you know, the second edition, depending on late games, anywhere from 11 to 12 to 1 uh, in the morning. And so, you know, this was back in the early 2000s. But we, ha- we had cell phones. And I would still be like, I'm missing all the fun uh Mm. so that was hard for me but it really was like the one job that i'm like i would go back you know maybe in retirement and volunteer and just hang out in the sports desk yeah yeah now uh, i i guess from there you sort of developed what i am going to call your sales superpower (laughs) right because i mean Mm. like writing and words and communication like those are skills that don't come natural for a lot of salespeople, even myself Mm. I don't like writing very much. I have to force myself to do it. I'm supposed to be writing a book right now, but I've made not a lot of progress and I've forced myself to start a blog writing habit where I'm trying to do like one to two blogs a week. Um, And it just doesn't come natural for me. And I think that's the case with a lot of salespeople. Um, But having that skill and that experience is like a sales superpower. It really is. And it's like one of those underrated skills that even if you just get one, you know, we love the 1% better, 1% better, but really, if you just dedicate yourself to getting a little bit better, to getting a little bit wiser, to, to knowing where to look, that's what I would say. It doesn't even need to be inside of you per se, but knowing what tools to use, what hacks, what shortcuts, what secrets out there that you can implement that aren't like, wow, I woke up with this great idea, so now I'm a writer. It's not that, it's just knowing mm. where to look as it is um, deploying it. So it's just uh, writing is as much about being savvy and about being smart as sales is about being savvy and about being smart. Not that you you woke up with these natural inclinations and tendencies, but where we get better and where we can really hone in, especially in a skill, a hard skill like writing and copywriting and writing to persuade and writing to move people, it really just takes a little bit of effort and intentionality. But once you say, hey, this is something I'm gonna focus on, it's amazing the results you're gonna get and It's truly amazing when you stop and think how much of sales is writing, even if we're speaking so much, it starts with a script. It starts with an outline. It starts with moving your words inside to moving them outside of you onto paper and then to speaking them. Yeah. Yeah. I I just interviewed a a copywriter uh, that's coming out next week. And one hack that he said is like, so a lot of people maybe are uncomfortable writing, but they're very comfortable with their pitch. So yeah. you can actually just record your pitch mm-hmm. and then transcribe that and then take some takeaways to sort of like craft some good, you know, emails or posts or whatever it is, you know, um, that you're trying to accomplish. But I'm curious mm-hmm. um, because you mentioned something that, that definitely piqued my interest is hacks and tools and things. So I'm curious what resources uh, would you recommend for people that are, feel like they're maybe struggling with their writing capabilities in their sales role? So I would say specifically, you have to get Grammarly. So that's just kind of like oh, yeah. bar none. And what it does is it just helps take off uh, just fluffy phrases, fluffy words. It, it really helps con- make you concise and actually communicate what you want to communicate in a clear way. And then I hope everybody is using this already for their email. But if you don't and they don't pay me, I am wearing purple today, but lavender it's a no brainer. It's one of those things that it's like, I do so much over email 
Why not? But the cool thing about using these tools is it's not just the tools themselves, is they give you a, you're getting a constant lesson, a constant lesson to where hopefully more and more as you're saying, oh gosh, it's shortening this phrase or it's taking out this redundant word, things like that, you're subconsciously learning how to write, even if it's cleaning up your own writing. And especially the dictation piece is so crucial. It's literally the number one tip. I love that your copywriter did that, that I give to people when it comes to both writing and then editing themselves is making sure everything that you do ends up audibly, whether you are starting there and then ending with writing or you're starting with writing and then you're ending speaking it out loud because you want it to sound natural and you want it to sound conversational. Yeah, I'm a little late to the game. I'll admit it with with lavender, but maybe it's something I need to check out. You've you've convinced me. They're good dudes too. (laughs) (laughs) It helps. It helps when you're working with good people that actually put out a really good product. So full circle. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, is the more you do it with anything, you're going to get better at it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't, I I would consider myself not a great writer. Um, And when I do write a good email, which happens occasionally, and then I get some good response, I'm so pumped. (laughs) Best feeling. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But the thing is, is you can't, you know, you got to be creative. You got to like always be coming up with new ideas and you know, what works in one scenario is not going to work in another. And I think so many salespeople are very caught up in trying to look for like that perfect template and it doesn't exist. Well, if it does, here's the problem with perfection and here's the problem with templates, you know, and and I love them all. Like I want to be perfect. I want to write a template that I don't have to keep repeating. But once it actually works and becomes, you know, something that other people see or catch on or start to use themselves, because I know when I was an SDR manager, I would have a rep or somebody reach out to me and use a killer line or something. And I was like, oh, heck yes, I'm using this in my next email. And so things start to become what was once, um, you know, kind of breaking the mold. It becomes the mold eventually. So that that's the thing that I think it's it's deeper for sales reps of remembering sales is creativity. I think Andy Paul said this um, in one of his books, but sales is creativity. And so as mm. much as we want to kind of hit on the repeatable process and we should within that, the more margin we give ourselves for creativity and the less we're trying to kind of find that silver bullet, the more we're actually able to find the silver bullet, which doesn't make sense. But when you actually step back and put yourself in, you know, your reader shoes or responder shoes of like, hey, what gets my attention? What stands out? And then how can I constantly, like you were saying, you know, tweak it for the persona, tweak it for this person on the other side, you actually become more creative in a space where you may have thought, oh gosh, I was seeking, you know, just something to follow step by step when actually the steps that you need to follow are the creative ones that don't have steps that just come from you thinking on your feet and responding and acting like a normal human and writing that way. Yeah. Love that. Acting like a normal human. (laughs) Yeah. Stop acting like a robot and get the creative juices flowing. Uh, love, I'm a subscriber of the Andy Paul fan club as well. So mm-hmm. you're in good company. Um, but here's the thing. It, a lot of it starts at the top, right? Like mm-hmm. the leadership has got to have an environment that allows sellers to flex their creativity, right? Cause I think in a lot of times, you know, if 
you know, the leadership is like, here's the script we use. Here's the templates we mm-hmm. use. You got to There's got to be that autonomy to be able to like think out on your own to come up with what works for you to get the results and not just rely on what's provided to you. Absolutely. And this is where I think we kind of move a little bit, not away from being a sales rep, but to truly what does it mean to lead? What does it mean to lead up? You know, what does it mean to challenge the norms? I have a lot of thoughts on kind of this whole scenario Mm. just because I've been on both sides of it. I've been, you know, the SDR. I've been the manager. I've been um, around people in places that I know don't value that. And I've been lucky enough to be in places and around people that do value it. So there's no, um, oh, you know, I'm looking down on this or not. It's just knowing how to navigate the actual environment that that it is because there's there's ideal we would all love to say hey I work for this amazing company that gives me yeah. free reign to do anything and then there's real of like well they've done the deed somebody was creative at some point to actually make the script and to do all of that and if you're handed that now what do you do and that's why I love the question where it moves into leadership more than it even does the script or the creativity, its it really becomes a question of whenever I have any idea that challenges the way things have always been done or the way things they yeah. say, he said, she says, I need to do this for whatever reason. How do I now do that respectfully given the reality of my situation? Maybe it's not ideal, but given the reality. And how do I approach those conversations? You know, so that's where I love moving into, again, more of like, hey, what is the leadership of that sales rep look like? And how can I challenge the norms while holding pace and holding respect of knowing, okay, this is this is my leader. You know, this is my manager. This is how they do it. And I don't want to come in guns a blazing saying, you suck. I'm going to do this. It's more of, hey. How can I honor you, respect you, respect the process that led to this template or led to this script while also saying, hey, there could be room for me to experiment, to try a little bit. And where can we meet in the middle? And that's where the confidence of a sales rep that knows, you know, believes in their creativity, believes in their ability to move the needle, meets with their respect. And so it's really not even what you're having a conversation about. It's how you're approaching that conversation with your management, with your leadership, while also trusting that there was a process to lead, you know, to that script that you are now being handed or maybe shoved down your throat. <laughs> Hopefully it's not being shoved down your Hopefully throat. Hopefully not. <laughs> uh, but maybe, maybe I've heard worse. I've heard worse. Uh, you know, but but yeah, what a what a interesting balancing act you described there. Right? Hard. Um, it is hard. But but the one thing that I think is really important that I want to touch on a little bit is confidence, right? Mm-hmm. So having mm-hmm. that autonomy to be creative, to do things, to make things your own. I, and, and look, I'm not trying to settle the debate of like templates and scripts are not templates and scripts because I think too many people try to take a hard stance on different sides of the mm-hmm. fence. And unfortunately, it's just not that black and white. Like there's too many variables of, you know, who you're reaching out to, what you do, where they're at in their career. Like there's just too many things to, for me to say, you should do this or you should do that. Um, But templates and scripts are a great place to start, Mm -hmm. especially when you're getting started. And I like to say, you know, get comfortable with those and then make them your own. And I think the thing that's so important there that you touched on is that's what gives sellers confidence is like, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, an ownership, like I created this sequence. This is my script with my words that feel like something that I would say, and they're working and getting results. And that confidence is going to feel a positive mindset, which is ultimately going to provide positive results in everything that you're doing. 
Absolutely. You know, when we think again, it's not, I write about this all the time, but I'm like, it's not even as much what you say, it's how you say it. It's how you Mm. present it. And it's how you bring your confidence and bring, it's that whole saying of like, if you're not confident in what you do or what you sell or what you're pitching or whatever, how on earth is someone else going to be? And so that is, I love that you put that. Yes. Use your template, use your script, use the points that work because honestly, there's only so many ways you can say what your company actually does. Like you don't need to be writing, rewriting the whole thing. You know, it's really personalizing and humanizing it. I always say like, I love going past personalization onto humanization, but to, to make it about that other person, but it really is about you owning no matter what it is. Because if you come to me, so like we love passionate people, like you can get up and be passionate about almost anything. And you'll just find yourself nodding along. Like, Okay. Yeah. yeah, this is great. Like, yes, you've got to land the plane. You've got to bring it back. It has to be worth their while. But if you just bridge that gap, even in the meantime, while you're learning, while you're doing that with passion, with confidence, with, you know, I hate the whole fake it till you make it, but it really is bringing on that energy of like, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it and believing in that, then that goes so far to communicate, not just what you're communicating. Again, it's so much less about the what than we want to tend than with than we tend to realize. And it's mm-hmm. so much more about the how and about the connection point to make that person say, hmm, this is interesting. I'm going to stop. I'm going to pay attention. And that person is so confident in it, even though I'm not there yet, I'm going to believe in their confidence a little bit just to at least get me to the next step. You know, whether that's a call, whether that's a response to an email, you just want to move them to the next step. And confidence does that in so many more ways than we give it credit, our confidence specifically, even more than like the most beautifully worded, you know, feature or demo or whatever. It really is the energy that we're bringing to it helps me buy into you as a person. Person, and that shrinks the continuum of that no like and trust. Again, we don't need to move them to you know mile one hundred right now. We just want them to get to to take one more step. And confidence really does that. Yeah, yeah, well said. Um, I, I love I love this topic. I'm getting pretty fired up, and I, I just I'm curious. We've been talking a lot about writing, mm-hmm. um, but it's a little bit more than that, right? Like mm-hmm. it's more communicating, right? So yeah. like non writing, and I love that you brought up how you say things, right? Cause then we can get into like tone and conviction and all kinds of other things. Like when you, when something that you have ownership in that you created, that you wrote, that you, um, it's a lot easier to say it with conviction and actually be more convincing or persuading for a good reason. Uh, and you know, when it's something that you don't have ownership in, it's, it's a little harder to say it with confidence or with a tone that's going to really move the needle. Totally. And this is, you know, it's funny. I actually wrote on this today because I totally agree that I'm like, just go write (laughs) the thing, script the thing, do the thing, like do the thing that you were meant to do. Like stop looking to everybody else to do what only you can do, to say it only, you know, the way you can say it. Yes, you need to learn your first day on the job. You're going to, first month even, shoot, you know, the first demo, the first cold call, all of that, like you're going to fumble, you're going to mess up. You're not going to buy into it at all uh, because you know what, unless you're the founder or the creator, you're just not going to have that buy-in. But I love how you say it is so true. When we start to craft things the way we actually say it, the way we feel, the way we speak, the way we talk. And again, using that dictation thing to do that and to move it to text. Or if you're more comfortable writing things out first, you know, write it out first and then read it out loud and change things up. If you're like, that doesn't sound like me, that doesn't feel like me. 
And it also makes you not get so hung up on memorizing word for word, because that's when we start to sound like robots, but instead internalizing the message of like, hey, this is what I'm trying to actually communicate. This is what I'm trying to convey. And this is how I'm going to do it in a way that feels genuine to me. So you're right. You're owning the message. You're not necessarily owning the result, the outcome, the product, or the solution, but you're owning what's true to you. And in return, you're going to move them toward the message, the product, the solution, or that next step that you want them to take. Yeah. Yeah. And the more you practice it, the better you're going to get at it. And you know, I, I think conversations are too dynamic to like have all the answers of like how it should go. It's just not that linear. Um, and, you know, but having an idea of what you're trying to accomplish and having some, some good experience in, you know, what that pitch or what driving that conversation looks like is going to help. And, you know, it, you don't need to memorize it because then you're going to sound like a robot, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you just need to have the general concept or idea. Mm -hmm. And the more you do it, uh, the better you're going to get at it. Right. And so, and, uh, and uh, another example that I'll give here too, is like people, you know, talk about like getting to know your customers, right. And go read their books and their blogs and the things that they care about, hang out where they hang out and all of those things. But my personal favorite, which I've been talking about a lot is go see what podcast they've been on and right. listen to those because it's a different conversation on a podcast. In a lot of cases, they're talking about things that they're not necessarily posting on social media as much. They're talking about things that are maybe a little bit more personal mm -hmm. and you could really get to know your prospects in even a deeper way uh, to have more meaningful conversations, you know, when you do have them. I love that. So podcasts, I mean, are my favorite thing ever. It is a big part of my business now, not actually doing them, but writing, you know, from them and bringing those conversations off because that is exactly why I love working with podcasts, not only because of, again, the personal nature of them, but it really is that peek behind the curtain of who they are, but also the words that they use, you know? So this is one mm -hmm. kind of secret that a lot of people do too. Um, again, this is not, Hey, I know what, you know, I just woke up and know my persona and know this VP, you know, off the top of my head. No, but you know where to look, you know, you know, those things to do. And so you'll start to hear their language and they always, you always say, don't speak your language. Like, yes, speak your language and communicating an idea. But when you come to per using persuasive language specifically around the topic of, Hey, what is going to get their attention? And that's why mirroring so important of repeating after them. But when you go to a podcast, you can also learn their language. How do they talk about their solution or their product or their pain points or their, you know, uh, what they did last week or last month. And hey, that is actually a clue into what they value. <clears throat> so now I can start to angle my message, my pitch, my conversation, which again, we want it to be about them. So why not go to the place where they're the most truly themselves, which really is in a conversation mode. And then you take that conversation, their cadence with the, you know, with the host, with whoever it is, and just bring that kind of same, um, you know, removing the walls, removing the barriers, helping them feel warm and, you know, bringing down those walls so that they'll be more themselves. You can bring those into conversational language, whether that is written or, um, you know, communicated verbally. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, where can people find out more about the work that you're doing and get into your world? Yeah. So I love working with people across all kinds of industries. And what I get to do now is I work with people on their content, on their social media presence, specifically when it comes to uh, showing up on LinkedIn, how they're presenting themselves, uh, as well as pulling things off their, you know, their blogs, their topic, everything, podcasts, anything that they're on. And so uh, you can find me on happywordssell.com and it goes through 
what we do as far as content creation, as well as repurposing content and really getting it in your voice so that you can put it out into the world uh, of social media specifically. But you can go on my website. You can check me out on LinkedIn, of course. And anybody who comes, of course, these awesome listeners, um, I would love to do just kind of a deep dive into your profile and your content that you're putting out into the world and give you a little bit of a consultation on things that you might be missing on a strategy. And I would love to just hop on a call with anybody and do that for free. So feel free to find find me there and uh, drop, drop your name and drop the podcast and let me know uh, that you heard me here. And then we can get on that strategy call. Awesome. And for everybody who's stuck around and is listening, please take her up on that offer. Uh, let's flood her calendar with strategy calls uh, because there you will get a ton of value. I know that for sure. Just in this short 20 minutes, we covered so much and I know that you could probably keep talking forever about this. So go to happywords.com, get that free strategy call, you know, have your content reviewed, gets, you know, is whatever you need to, to level up in that area. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. It really does help us out. And as always, we're listening for your feedback. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free. Salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad and I might even give you free access to our best templates.